0: From the stem. Welcome to STEM Punk. STEM Punks is a bi-monthly podcast intended to bring science, technology, engineering, engineering work, straight to your ears from our STEM Punk studio. Hang on, we'll take you for a ride that includes a whole lot of fun and a little bit of education on the side. Stay tuned. Nice to be in orbit. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the StemPunks podcast. My name is Joe Garut, and I'll be your host. And with me, as always, is my buddy, StemBot. Hello, StemBot.
1: Hello, Joe.
0: You know, StemBot, it's at this time of year it always strikes me how quickly the year has gone by. You know, it seems to come to the end suddenly, but I know that's just my perception. During the early parts of the year, it seems like there is so much time ahead, and at the end, well, it seems like it all went by so fast.
1: There are scientific phenomena to explain that some scientists call it mind time
0: oh yeah mind time that has to do with the elasticity of how we experience time doesn't it
1: indeed time flies when you're having fun is a phrase with research to back it up
0: or like the way time drags by when you're waiting in line at a store or for the flagger to let you through the construction zone and at this time of year with the holidays upon us there's another really good example For kids, the days they have to wait until December 25th, the open presents couldn't possibly go any slower. For adults, those same days often fly by fearfully fast. And speaking of the holidays, I'd like to offer everyone a Merry Christmas.
1: And a Merry Kwanzaa, and a Happy Hanukkah, and a Happy...
0: Okay, okay. How about Happy Holidays and Welcome to the Stem Punk's Holiday Podcast. Now, let's see, where were we? Oh yeah, mind time. Stembot, will you please put a link to the article on time perception in the show notes?
1: Sure, it's quick to read and very interesting. I can tell you more about it, but the clock is ticking.
0: Ah yeah, clocks. A fine example of mechanical engineering. Incidentally, if you think about it, the concept of time itself is a man-made construct that doesn't exist. People don't understand time. It's not what you think it is. Complicated. Very complicated. Yet we all need to know when two o'clock is so that we can make an appointment or a phone call. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. We often try to control the structure of time, but how do you control what isn't there? You don't. We try to plan, we make schedules and to-do lists, but sometimes, because of a phenomenon called the planning fallacy, we overcommit and underestimate the time it's going to take to do a thing. According to studies, in order to overcome the planning fallacy, we need to triple our estimates on time to be close to accurate. We'll talk about that a little more in our next podcast next year when we talk about calendars. Well, there I go myself, talking in terms of time. Ah well, it's hard not to. Incidentally, those clips you heard were from Doctor Who. Who? That's the man's name.
1: That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me.
0: That's it. That's who? Yes, Doctor Who. (laughs) (laughs) That was actor David Tennant in those clips. He played the 10th Doctor on the BBC series Doctor Who. He was attempting to explain time. In the show, he is a Time Lord, so surely he must know. But even to someone who bounces back and forth through time, the concept is still hard to explain. However, it's a great way to plunge into our topic for today. Let's explore Sci-Fi Science. Specifically, let's talk about some of the concepts brought up in literature by writers like Philip K. Dick, in television shows like Doctor Who and Star Trek and movies like Minority Report, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and The Terminator. This may seem like a strange way to get into a show that's about real science, but as you are probably already aware, science fiction is often based on science fact and is also quite good at predicting, or at least influencing, the future. Many technologies we use today are predicted by science fiction. Scotty, beat me up. Maybe not transporters yet, but Star Trek Deep Space Nine did predict Google Glass 18 years before it came out, and the original Star Trek series predicted the moon landing two years before it happened. And who can forget their communicators? They clearly inspired the flip cell phone, although that's now old technology.
1: Some statistics show that people who don't want themselves or their children distracted by smartphone technology are going to what is now old school and returning to flip devices.
0: Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which began its life as a radio play in 1978, first brought about the ideas of auto-translation, voice recognition, and electronic books. In 1991, Terminator 2 Judgment Day depicts AI turning on its creators. While not anywhere near as dire, not even slightly hazardous, Facebook's experiment with two chatbots saw them create their own language to communicate. 1995 saw the publication of The Diamond Age by Neil Stevenson, which was the inspiration for the Kindle from Amazon. And finally... The 2002 movie Minority Report, based on the 1956 short story of the same name written by Philip K. Dick, inspired the swipe gesture that is now a part of not only all smartphone use and tablets, but in some laptop computers as well. One of the chief user interface designers for the original iPhone said his work was based directly on the gesture-based system in the movie. That movie alone generated over 100 patents, A two-day idea summit for the film predicted targeted video advertising, surveillance drones, and autonomous cars, all things we are readily experiencing today. Science fiction is a great storehouse of remarkable ideas dreamed up by the strange contemplations of writers. In fact, corporations like Ford, Nike, Intel... Hershey's, the American Society of Civil Engineers, Boeing, and even an indigenous tribe whose language and culture are at risk of dying out are employing businesses like the nonprofit World Building Institute, whose sole purpose is to create scenarios and possible outcomes for the future. Talk about an imaginative child's dream job as an adult.
1: World building is the process of constructing an imaginary world, developing an imaginary setting, and often involves the creation of maps and people for the world. Even colleges like the University of Alaska are using world building to create better education through sci-fi.
0: A different California-based company, Psy Futures, helped the home improvement giant Lowe's conceive of a future where virtual reality would help customers see their home in a virtual world before ever picking up a hammer or a paintbrush. In fact, you can actually pick up a virtual power tool and learn how to use it.
1: They don't have a sonic screwdriver or psychic paper, though.
0: No, Stempot, they don't. Those are still firmly fixed in the world of Doctor Who. And another concept used in Doctor Who and in movies, TV shows, books, comics, and podcasts, is the time travel plot device. What makes it so popular? Well, it's fantasy. It's escapism. It opens up a lot of possibilities for storytelling and more.
1: Philosopher and novelist George Santayana wrote, Those who cannot remember the past are doomed to repeat it. So time travel memes are also...
0: Educational. Yeah, the original Doctor Who scripts from the early 1960s were intended to do just that, educate. Doctor Who initially alternated stories set in the past, which taught younger audience members about history with those in the future or outer space, focusing on science. This was also reflected in the Doctor's original companions, one of whom was a science teacher and another a history teacher. History lessons were soon set aside, but the time-traveling sci-fi adventurer lives on more than 50 years later. Now, is time travel possible? According to Einstein's theory of relativity, time travel should be possible, but you'd have to travel somewhere, most likely outer space, faster than the speed of light to really experience its effects.
1: Albert Einstein in his theory of special relativity determined that the laws of physics are the same for all non-accelerating observers. And he showed that the speed of light within a vacuum is the same no matter the speed at which an observer travels.
0: And as a result, Einstein said that space and time were interwoven into a single continuum known as space time. Events that occur at the same time for one observer could occur at different times for another. Basically, it's all relative. There's a saying, a watched pot never boils. Well, of course it does. But waiting and watching seems to make it take longer than if you turned away, talked on the phone, and by the time you got back, it would be bubbling away on the stove. We don't think about it very often, but when you do... Mind Blown. Most time travel shows pound into the ground every week the danger of changing anything in their respective timelines due to the possible butterfly effect damage in the future. Doctor Who is different, however. He travels through time with a plum, moving back and forth, zigging and zagging, wibbling and wobbling through episodes that pay little attention to reality because the Doctor Who characters live in their own dimension. Which is another scientific theory explored in plenty of sci-fi memes. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, Superhero Comics and Movies, Walter Mitty, and Doctor Who. The Doctor can move through multiple timelines, and stories are sometimes resolved by moving from one dimension to another. The Whovian Doctor actually travels in a multi-dimensional device called the TARDIS. TARDIS stands for Time
1: and Relative Dimension in Space.
0: Yeah. The TARDIS looks on the outside like a British police phone booth. Inside, however, it's much bigger. A whole room full of spacey gadgets that are apparently a living intelligence. In fact, the TARDIS itself once told the 11th Doctor that while it may not have always taken him where he wanted to go, it had always taken him where he needed to go.
1: Kind of like me.
0: Is this real science? Probably not in 1963 when Doctor Who was first conceived, but in 2018, we might think of it as a form of artificial intelligence. Someday you might get into your self-driving car that will tell you,
1: you really don't want to make a drunken visit to your ex in the middle of the night. allons
0: <laughs> Is it possible for something to be bigger on the inside than the outside? Well, in the movies it is. Mary Poppins' satchel, the Quidditch tent in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the wardrobe in Chronicles of Narnia. All are explained by interdimensionality. A real-world example is a tesseract.
1: In geometry, the tesseract is the four-dimensional analog of the cube. The tesseract is to the cube as the cube is to the square. I can't believe it, man, to see this. This
0: is fantastic! Beyond the three visible dimensions, length, width, and depth, Scientists believe that there may be many more. In fact, the theoretical framework of superstring theory posits that the universe exists in 10 different dimensions. These different aspects are what govern the universe. In what dimensional universe did these sci-fi writers come up with concepts that ultimately define our reality? I guess the point is that imagination is important. It is the driving force of scientific progress, however you define progress. I believe one of the best concepts in Doctor Who is not science at all, but rather an attitude. The Doctor prefers a pacifist solution to most problems, and is an ardent champion of life and dignity over violence and war. His main aim is to fight evil and oppression wherever he finds it, usually by non-violent, often humorous means. He carries a sonic screwdriver instead of a gun. He talks his way out of predicaments. Now that's Progress. If only we could all live in that dimension. Except, there might be Daleks Exterminate! 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 Yikes! Say goodbye, Stembot.
1: Goodbye, Stembot. Incidentally, hey. Merry Christmas to all of you at home.
0: Thank you for listening to the Stempunks podcast. Stempunks is sponsored by Wample Creative. A Wample is a purposeful journey towards a vague destination. This holiday season, Wample Creative hopes that you journey safely and that you use Google Maps or something so that you actually get there. And by our patrons on Patreon. Thank you all so much for your continued support. Without you, this podcast wouldn't be possible. And this week, we'd like to give a shout-out to a local nonprofit the Columbia Gorge Orchestra Association. The CGOA provides exceptional performing arts for the cultural enrichment, learning, engagement, and enjoyment of audiences and participants. You can find them at gorgeorchestra.org.